Welcome to Something Positive for Positive People. I'm Courtney Brain. Something Positive for Positive People is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that connects people who are struggling with STI stigma to mental health resources, as well as support groups, community, as well as empowering education tools. Uh, some of the topics that come up are disclosing your status, receiving a disclosure from someone who has a positive status, talking about sexuality, sex education, and how all of these things factor in with our identities as well as mental health wellness. Mental wellness, not mental health wellness. I, I, I was trying to decide which one I wanted to use on the fly, right? Um if anyone wants to get involved with something positive for positive people, the main things that we're looking for are always guests. Uh, if you want to share your story, shoot me an email. You can go to the website, www.spfpp.org, and you'll see a way to get in contact with us. We're looking for guests on the podcast. If you're not at a place where you feel like you can share your story verbally with uh, just speaking to it, if that's uncomfortable for you, then you can just write it in in detail, but keeping yourself anonymous. I'll copy paste it in a Word doc, look through it for edits, and then I'll post it to the Something Positive from Positive People blog. If you're someone who is a licensed mental health care provider, perhaps a counselor or a therapist, and you're able to provide group therapy to a wide range of people who are navigating STI stigma, or if you're licensed in particular states and you're able to work with us to get people in individual therapy, then please reach out. If you're a yoga instructor, I am also you know, one of the people who really benefited from yoga after my own herpes diagnosis eight years ago. It's something that I've been doing. I'm a certified teacher now as well. I would like to, big picture, uh, have class schedules where maybe sometimes I teach, maybe sometimes a guest from within our community teaches, and it just would help to have that aspect of uh, just seeing a bunch of different people who are doing different things, who are, I guess, healing, uh, if it even impacts us at all, uh, from what comes with STI stigma. And if you're someone who just needs to be connected to community or support groups, don't hesitate to reach out either. If you want to donate, you can donate through spfpp.org. You can become a Patreon subscriber where you can make monthly donations, set it and forget it. PayPal allows that too, but PayPal takes money. Pay, um, Patreon takes money. So easiest way would be really to just Venmo or cash at me and I can just transfer it to the account. All of the money that comes in goes toward our efforts at something positive for positive people. Of course, like sometime at, at some point I'll be able to pay myself. But for now, everything's going toward people getting therapy and all of the efforts that go into that and maintaining the podcast. Now that I got the sales pitch out of the way, <laughs> my guest here today is named Emily. Emily, where are you from? DC. So were you there when uh, the Capitol got raided or what? I was here. Yes, I was here when that happened. Everything went on lockdown. Everyone was losing their minds. All the bridges got shut down. It was crazy. Did it look <laughs> so? Did it look like a Handmaid's Tale? Like how? 100%. Okay. You're 100% right. <laughs> just... That's actually what everyone called it. Yeah. I saw, uh, I remember that scene where everybody's like, finding out all of the women are finding out that their bank accounts got shut down and people are just running in the streets and the military's out or not military whatever they were and it just reminded me i was like man it's it's starting 100 <laughs> that's it I, you just summarized it actually yeah uh how old are you i'm 20 20 what are you like found the courage i guess to come on here and just share your story like how long have you been diagnosed um so i've been diagnosed for about a year now um i the only reason i have this courage and this want to talk about it is because i'm in a lot of groups on facebook about it um and all the girls on there have really inspired me to talk about it because it, it it's so crazy how many people just don't talk about it and they just suffer by themselves because i was one of those people i just suffered and i just didn't want to talk to anyone and so i learned by listening to other people like your podcast i listen to every every single episode i am a huge fan <laughs> and it really helped me and i was like i want to help someone i want to be that person so that's how i'm 
doing it. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. And it's been a year, right? So you got diagnosed yes. at the very beginning of the pandemic, right? Yes, horrible timing too. Yeah. So how was that? Like you got the diagnosis and then had to navigate the pandemic. Where were you at that point in time? Were you in a relationship? Were you single? Were you dating? What? So I guess that kind of starts my little story. Um, Cause it's, it's a very long and toxic one. Um, so I, at the time I was working at a, I was working at Buffalo Wild Wings. Um, I had been there for three years. No, I, I had, I worked, I was, I was there for like two years at the point. Um, and I made the mistake of dating a coworker, which should never, never happen. Anyone don't, don't do that. Um, and that was like my first relationship. Um, I was very naive. I was, you know, 19 at the time. I listened to everything I was being told. Um, I... I didn't actually notice that my first outbreak that was that, you know, I was very, um, what's it called? Naive. I didn't want it to be that. Yes. I, I didn't want it to be that. So I just made it in my head. I was like, nope, that's not what it is. It's, um, something else. Um, weeks had gone by and it's kind of gone away. And I have found out that he had three other girlfriends. Three. Um, and they all contacted me, and we had a talk, and they all told me that he had purposely given it to all four of us. Um, he knew he had it. He knew what he was doing. He wanted to keep us around. He wanted to keep all four of us around. And so he had given it to us as a form of, you know, now you're mine. You know, now you're with me because that was the first time I had ever been with anyone. So for me, it was that. I was like, I've never been with anybody else. I don't know what to do at this point. Like, so it was, it was a state of shock. It was a state of confusion. I, had, I was still working with him every day. Um, so that was also a state, um, when I talked to him about it, he didn't care. Um, he knew what he had done and he, he knew why he did it. Watch your hands. Yeah. No, no, you're doing something with your hands. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> At a water bottle. No, I... Um, so, yeah, he knew what he was doing. He knew why he was doing it. To him, it was a game. And um, I, I was, it, it was just bad timing because of the pandemic and everything, you know? Like, I couldn't go out and distract myself because I was stuck inside and I became severely depressed. Um, I, luckily I have amazing friends and they really helped me and I got help and I went to therapy and I'm, I got medicine, but I guess for me, and I've, I've also really, as a lot of people, they, they blame it on themselves and they become depressed because they, they're like, I did this. This is my fault. Like, they put themselves in that mentality and I know I'm not the only one. Um, so that was it for me. I mean, I, it was the worst couple months of my life. Actually, it was probably the like lowest I've ever been. <laughs> um, but again, luckily I had amazing friends and, um, they like picked me back up and they really helped me. But, um, yeah, I guess that was me finding out and me to that point. <laughs> so did you and the four girls come together and whoop his ass or were y'all like close um, and decided we're going to make did. this work or what? Actually, um, they, they weren't very helpful. I so, okay, question. What was their intention in reaching out to you? Just letting you know? Did they want to do yeah. something? Were they breaking they up with him? They wanted me gone. So, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So, they were like, all right, girls, what are we going to do? This dude's shitty. We're going to tell her how shitty he is. But then he's all ours. We can all have him to ourselves. Pretty much, yeah. Explain this. So, was this a group I, text or what? Um, so, it was a FaceTime on Facebook. 
which was also really weird to me, right? So I'm sitting there, and <laughs> so I, I, not purposely, I promise this is not on purpose, I got really close with his best friend, like, extremely close. We actually were together for, like, six months, um, and he's my best friend now. Um, but me and him were together, and I got this call, and this was a day after me and him, me and the guy who gave it to me, broke up. And um, they were all in this group FaceTime on Facebook. I guess you can, like, add people. And they were just like, hey, we're letting you know if you've had these symptoms, um, us three have it. And they told me that they're herpes positive, and they told me, like, you should really go get tested. Um, and at the time, again, and I know this is so, like, naive of me, I kind of knew, you know? I was having the breakouts, I was having the symptoms, but I was in my head telling myself it was something else because I didn't want to. <laughs> I was like, no, it's not that. It can't be. I've only ever been with one person my whole life. Um, and so immediately I just, like, melted, and they were like, you should really drop him. You should drop contact with him. And I was like, yeah, obviously. Like, um, And then I called him right after I got done with them, and I told him what had just happened. I told him everything, and he was like, yeah, I know. That's it? That, that was it. And then he blocked me on everything. And you still had to go to work the next day and see him? And I think that, that whole situation, him not caring, him knowing he had did this to me, knowing that he had put me in this position, that's why I became so just, like, broken. Because the only person that I had ever trusted with my body, and I've always been super secure my whole, like, super insecure my whole life, so the only person I've ever trusted broke that and they just made me feel like I was a disgusting person and now I know that you know that's not what it is and that's me at all but in that moment I didn't see the resources that were available and the help that was available I was just like okay now I gotta go to work every day and see him and look him in the eye and he just like avoided me at all costs and then he quit his job so that that, that part was fine then he, then he quit but <laughs> Damn. So at that point, the only people who knew about it that uh, could have supported you didn't support you. It was, hey, we like our thing that we have where it's us three and him. And this is what it is. There's no room for a fourth woman. Yeah. Yeah, some... Did they say this? Or am I making assumptions? I feel like I'm making assumptions, but like, it's this what they were implying. Uh, so um, he blocked you on everything. Did you have yes. any sort of uh, way of looking at these women's uh, social media accounts and seeing if they were posting they pictures? Oh, what's their yeah. names? I want to look them up. Let me let me see what's going on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you tell me. You tell me what's going on, and I'll. I'll, I'll... Yeah, that's, um, that's so wild. How old was he? He at the time was 26, and I was 19. Okay. Um. So that's when it starts the whole, I would say, I went and I needed someone, you know, I needed someone to talk to. I didn't want to talk to my parents because that's, no, I'm not doing that. I was scared to talk to my friends because um, I didn't want them to judge me. I didn't want to be judged. Um, so that's when I met um, this company named. DJ, um, you know, name coming up with, uh, which was his best friend. Um, and he was there for me. You know, he, I told him the whole story and he understood and he sat there and he helped me through it. And he was the only one I really could tell in the beginning. Um, and then he talked me and I told my cousin. And she was, like, amazing. She went to the doctor with me and held my hand. Because <laughs> I needed that person, you know? And she held my hand at the doctor, and she told me, like, we're going to figure this out. That's good. We'll figure it out. We'll do it together. And I love her so much. Um, but 
you know, it's just, like, having that happen to you and having that betrayal, like, I can't, I feel like I still can't really trust anybody, you know? Like, I'm still, I still constantly, like, yeah, I don't, I don't trust anyone, it's fine. <laughs> What was the relationship like with the best friend? He was there for you, and he encouraged you to tell someone. Uh, did y'all date? Um, we were really good friends. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> we were really good friends. Um, I, I did kind of fall in love with him, but that's my fault. I just, I, Wait. I think it was just like... <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> it was your fault that you fell in love with him. Why shouldn't you have fallen in love with someone? Because he he didn't reciprocate it, and I knew that from the beginning. Ah, uh, okay. That doesn't mean it was your fault. It was just a mismatch. That's, That's all. Yeah, don't say it like it's my fault. And I like shouldn't I have caught feelings. I hate that because people think that uh, even with casual relationships, that you can't treat the other person with respect or dignity, and you can't express feelings and emotions with them. But like. We're human, and that just is something that happens with us. So it's important for us to know that human things happen between humans, and we should all have that common respect and decency for one another and hold space for those emotions to be able to take place. So, yeah, you didn't do anything wrong. And then with this dude, though, how did he... Was he, were there any red flags at all? Or was he just, were you attracted to him because he was this kind of person? Was he charming? What got, how did he manage to get you? So that's the thing. Um, in the beginning, he was the nicest man I've ever met. He Red flag would, number one, all right. <laughs> you're getting it. Um, he would bring me flowers and pick me up from my house and go on cool trips. And we would sit at the park for hours and just talk about, like, these deep things. And I had never had a connection like that with anybody. I would have never expected him to have been this kind of person from what you just yeah. said. Um, and then the red flag started. So there would be just nights where he would go out and he would lose his phone. I had to buy him a new phone. You had to, or you chose to? Okay. All right. I, I, I chose to buy him let's, a new let's, let's I be honest. <laughs> uh, but he asked me to, and I was like, yes, oh my gosh, I feel so bad. You lost your phone. Turns out he didn't lose his phone um, at all. He just wanted a new one. Um, he would go missing for like hours upon hours, and then when I'd get mad at him for it, he'd be like, why are you being crazy? Like, don't be crazy. Like, I'm not going to want you if you're crazy. His ex-girlfriend would show up to our job and look for him. Or I thought it was his ex. It was actually his girlfriend. But she would show was up. Was this one of the ones in the group chat? Yes. She would show up and park by his car and just sit there. And I would just come outside and just be like, what is she doing here? Like, why is she here? In the end, looking back at it now, I that I ignored all these red flags. Like, I I was just like, yeah, I don't see him. I, I don't see anything. Nope, it's fine. This dude's dick game must have been phenomenal for him to have had these women the way that they shockingly, were. Shockingly, no. <laughs> he's, doing this, he's doing this with average, average dick game. And he's got three girlfriends that are like, no, he, you, no one can have this toxicity. It's ours. We're going to share this. And then kick you out. He, he was a rapper, so what can I say, right? All right, you didn't say that. You didn't say that. <laughs> yeah, you know, the SoundCloud, he's like a big deal, so. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 I'm going to let you keep talking. Go ahead. He's a rapper. So wait, there's a rapper out here giving people herpes. A hundred percent. Okay. Purpose. All right. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it's fun for him for some reason. Hmm. I don't know how you find fun in that, but. Yeah, 
I mean, this is his own private information, but we know enough about you to know to be on the lookout for. I, I be on the lookout for red uh, rappers in DC who are about twenty six years old at this point, twenty six, twenty seven. But at the same time, like, uh, I don't know what keeps people who experience this shit behavior from outing the person that was shitty towards them. I have no fear. Well, I do because I have a whole nonprofit podcast and everything. But the only thing I'm discouraged from at this point is probably any form of sending a dick pic to someone unsolicited. Right. So that is clearly frowned upon. We shouldn't do those things. Right. Dudes do that shit all the time. And I guess it's because they have no fear or regard for consequences and they don't have any shit to lose. Right. So what happens when there comes a time where collectively, if you doing shitty shit, you're going to be shamed for it. we shouldn't be shamed for having experienced abusive relationships or been victims of being used or having gotten herpes from someone who knew that they had it and they were giving it out and they were just being manipulative as fuck. So why is it that these people are have no regard for consequences for their actions, especially when they're shitty? I mean, I'm not saying screenshot his shit and put it on blast. Hey, this motherfucker gave me herpes. Here's the text messages. Here's the receipts from our relationship. Here's his stupid ass girlfriend. Sorry, I shouldn't have said that. But like, here no, is they're bullies. Like they they bullied you out of the relationship. Thank God. But at the same time, like. They know he's doing this. They're enabling the behavior. He's doing this and doesn't have any regards for consequences at all. So what does it look like when the shame goes away from us for being the victim of this kind of uh, of this kind of treatment to the shame going on the person who's doing the shit? I tried. You tried to what? I Oh, tell um, me more. So, I, you know, once everything got out, I, I was mad. I was so angry, and I wanted to make him feel as upset as I was. So one day at work, because we had worked together, um, I was like, what if I just tell people? What if I just, right now, tell everyone the story of what you did to me? But he threatened to expose pictures and videos of me, and I got scared. Um, so I let it go because I didn't want my reputation ruined. You know, I didn't want people to see this side of me and what I had done. So I, I didn't out him because I didn't want him to do what he said he was going to do, and I knew he would do it. So I kind of just let it go. So his defense against giving you herpes, manipulating you, ghosting you, using the shit out of you was I'm going to non-consensually expose your videos and pictures that were between you and I. So if you're 19 now, at that point in time, I don't know what the laws are, but like if you were 18 and he was 25, is that like uh, there has to be some legalities here that work in your favor. Because also, he, that was consent violation, especially if he knew you have proof that he knew that he was giving you herpes. And you've got this threat of uh, this threat of your um, pictures being out or videos being out. How much money would you lose out on because of how society views women who are sexual and discriminates against them? Or how much money would you make on OnlyFans if you put that shit on there, right? So yeah, we got we got two sides of the coin. But that's the thing, like, it it sucks that those three women were just the way that they are, and then I, I would assume that we were in a point in time now where women were supportive of one another and empowering one another and not enabling not enabling this shit behavior, because this doesn't sound like someone good for anybody to be honest and then for him to have just like completely ghosted or blocked you and to see you at work the next day and have no regard for consequences at all like what do we do yeah 
was going, there was a point where I was going to take legal action. There was. Um, but because the three girls would not work with me, I had no legible proof. I had no proof that he had it and he knew. I had no proof that, you know, they had, because they wouldn't work with me. So I really couldn't do anything. Is he a fucking cult leader too? <laughs> Probably. Honestly, I've, I've put together in my head that he is, but you know. Can you send me one of his songs? <laughs> <laughs> you think I listen to his trash music? I just want, I, I, honestly, I just want to see what he looks like. <laughs> I'll send you his album. He has an album. Now I I, I cannot yeah I like ethically I cannot share any of this stuff at all but I'm gonna listen to it. <laughs> you listen to it and you tell me what you think and we can, there's a part of me about it. He wrote a rap about me after everything happened. What was the line? I think it was like he called me a homie hopper. So I gotta not laugh too loud because it'll it'll fuck up. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at the situation. No, the situation is hilarious. I give you all consent to laugh. Oh my god, this dude, this dude is he short? No, he's super tall and scrawny. I, I need to stop because I want to. I, after we are done recording, I want to. I want to see what he looks like and I want to hear this music. <laughs> all right, moving forward. So. You find your way with the homie that you hop to. <laughs> After you homie hop, and then After realize you realize uh, nothing's there. It's not reciprocated. You, uh, yeah, what's next? You you have a friend that you disclose to your cousin. I mean, right? And uh, that was your support. Like, what's next? You're in a pandemic. Are you dating? Are you seeing anyone? Are you just being alone? Are you, how are you dealing with your depression? This is the best part of the story because this is when my life completely changed for the better. He hit you back up. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so after all that had happened and I, I did become super depressed, I, I let it happen for a little bit and then I realized I have to change something. I cannot just sit here and let this ruin me. I cannot just sit here and let him win because that's what I'm doing. If I sit here and, and the sad and depressed, I'm going to let him win. So, um, so I originally grew up like an hour from here, from where I am now. Um, and I called my sister and she had just gotten married and I told her, I said, I need a change. I need to change something. Nothing's working here. I need a change. I cannot stay here. Um, so she came the next day, told me to pack my stuff, um, and I moved here with her. And she gives me a place to live, and she takes, like she's, a, she's my best friend. Um, I told her everything, and she just she got me a job, a better, a way better job now has benefits and like you know. Um, she's set me up for a path, you know, like she's helped me get a car. She's helped me do everything because I was so down and so over it. She helped me find places to get medicine for my depression and anxiety. So now I'm like controlling it. Um, because, but that didn't happen until I chose to stop letting it be sad. Like I, I stopped letting myself be sad. I stopped letting myself be angry. I stopped letting myself feel bad for myself. And I, luckily she was there for me and she came and got me and got me out of that place that I was in. Um, dating, that's, so you know, it's so hard because I'm constantly terrified to like say it, you know? I'm constantly terrified to disclose it. I've had guys block me after, um, call me disgusting, um, call me horrible names, um, but then I've had guys who have been super sweet and understanding and 
it's all about the person, you know, if someone's mature enough to understand and listen to you, then it changes everything. But currently, you know, I'm kind of just chilling. Like, I just got to, you know, a new place, and, um, but I'm really happy for the first time, and I feel like a year, two years, I'm finally myself again because I wasn't myself for so long because I let myself be dragged down by this horrible human being that does not even deserve to drag me down. Once you see it, you'll be able to understand. He does not even deserve to drag me down. I can't wait I to see it. Have... I can't wait. <laughs> he doesn't. I didn't, I didn't deserve to let that drag me down because looking back on it now, I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. I, uh, okay, I'll figure my own things out. I don't need to... And getting into support groups was also the best thing ever. I I found one with um, this uh, her name's Ashley and she's amazing and she's she has a support group. She's a therapist and it's just like talking to these other girls and hearing their stories and like wow, there's other people. Like I have like this whole new world of friends that can I can talk to about it and like they're super sweet and we'll have like FaceTime we like group FaceTimes and we'll all be like hey what's up guys and I've like and it's just crazy because now I have that support system that I looked for so hard in the beginning I was just looking for it in my own people yeah that's a good point that you bring up as far as looking for certain things and certain people. I think that we all want matched energy. And based on how someone else is able to make us feel, that discolors our energy. So let's use colors, for instance. Let's say you go in and you have a neutral colored aura. Let's say yellow, right? Someone comes along and they see that you're yellow, but they're constantly red. They can adjust accordingly with body language, behavior, and um, how they speak with you. And so you don't see their red as your, you know, you being yellow. They come in contact with you and they put their red into you and you become orange, you know, and they're still you know, hiding whatever their energy color is, which is that red. So now you think that the energy being matched is based on that color scheme. You think that you're both orange, but he knows, no, I made you orange. You were yellow. This is how manipulation works, right? And he walks away red. And now you're like, what the fuck is this? You know, uh, trying to make that make sense. What we are looking for often in other people and partners and everything we are satisfied with through some kind of support like friendship even the only deciding factor could be the uh, expectation or the need for long-term partnership i imagine that you were with this guy because you saw potential for something long term I wanted something long term yeah because I wanted so badly for him to be the person he was in the beginning mm-hmm. I wanted him to go back and he just wasn't so I was fighting to get him to go back and it just wasn't happening yeah that sucks Ugh. well now you know that Having uh, found the support, the women that you are reaching out to and able to FaceTime with, you have that empowerment. You have these. Uh, you have this foundation for you to be able to safely uh, be able to identify healthy potential partners too. Because I imagine now you feel like you know if you match with somebody on the dating side or if you are pursued by a guy, you're running by your girls. Hey girls, I met this guy. Blah blah blah. And any red flags that there are, you can hear it from them. Like, uh, I don't think that's right. I don't think that's healthy, right? And because you're empowered by that kind of energy, that matched energy from your support groups of what you needed, of where you are right now, 
you are more suited to be willing to walk away from anything that's not what you want. And I think that that's probably what it was with the other guy. You weren't willing to walk away when it went from this to that. And that is often where people really find themselves in these pickles of looking back finally. And they're like, oh, there were all these red flags that I just ignored. They were there. You can't miss these red flags. You can't miss somebody going from opening your car door, taking you out to picnics, giving you flowers, talking to you for hours at the park to suddenly just, you don't just go somebody after that. There is something that transitions, but that's what people who are abusive and manipulative do. They give you that to hold on to because you're seen by them as the kind of person who perhaps can't be present with what's really going on in reality. So you are young, you were younger than him, he saw an opportunity, and he took advantage of that shit, unfortunately. So we don't, we, we ain't doing that shit no more. So 2021, moving forward, when shit don't match up, call it out. I uh, was talking to a friend of mine who was talking to me about um, a partner that she just met up with, and he uh, told her that he didn't have an Instagram, and that he was married and hadn't been with his wife for a year. And so she finds him on Instagram. <laughs> and three months ago, there was a post about <laughs> from his wife about how happy they were, some shit, right? And so I was just explaining to her. I was like, you know, people don't have respect for people who don't have self-respect. And she wanted to, like, drag this out and wait it out. And I was like, no. You absolutely need to nip this in the bud right now. You cannot let this shit go on because you. we teach people how to treat us, whether we know it or not. I like that. But uh, and, and it's in how we choose to treat ourselves. The way that we treat ourselves has to be... I think I made this up on an early podcast episode. I called it the gray rule. The pe- Other people can only treat us as best as they treat themselves, Right. So the inverse of that is we shouldn't allow people to treat us any less than how we treat ourselves. So the kind of treatment that you got in the beginning was up here. And, you know, the bar was so high. How could he just come in with the complete opposite of where that stood and still be okay? Self-respect. And that's the lesson here. When we respect ourselves and we're able to teach people how to treat us. Other people teach us how to treat them all the time. Think about your friends who say, oh, I'm not I'm not going out tonight. I'm not drinking. I'm going to stay home. I'm not feeling this. The ones who say no, sometimes they seem like they're closed-minded or they're an asshole or a bitch, whatever people call them. But these are people who respect themselves enough to match what they're feeling with their behavior so if i'm not feeling like going out i'm not about to force it (laughs) if i'm not feeling tacos and i want pizza i'm not eating tacos so i've learned to develop such a respect for the people who can say no because these are also people who you know that when they say yes they mean it that when they ask for something they need it or they want it like they really want it you can't be the kind of person who's just up and open and saying yes to everything realistically because that demonstrates an absence of boundaries and people without boundaries are more susceptible to control i'm sounding like a fucking psychologist or something just because i read a book (laughs) i read i read a few books (laughs) but notice this book dark psychology uh i think i have about four hours left it's 26 hours long to listen to and i'm learning some shit (laughs) Oh, yes. Well, it's seven books in one, so you may not need to read each book, but listening to the audio book <laughs> is like listening to a bunch of podcasts about uh, human behavior. Uh, there was another piece of your experience that I wanted to touch on. Oh, the support groups and group therapy. Or you're not in group therapy, you're in Ashley's support group. Yeah, so Ashley's actually the therapist that I put together the uh, group therapy cohort with. It's not a cohort yet. but you I, told me about that. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, so we had that last Friday, 
and it was really good. Everybody got something out of it. Uh, some people aren't going to come back just because they have other therapists, but this was good for them to uh, be able to just disclose and talk about their experiences. Some people hadn't talked about this before. So it was real cool to experience that with people and be in that space. I just sat and shut the fuck up, even though I wanted to talk the entire time. So I just saved my, I gave myself two or three minutes at the end of it to jump in and share a little bit myself. Um, but this was really powerful. It was really healing for people. And it's something that I would like to replicate for other groups of people who are wanting to take their healing, you know, to where it needs to go for them. There's the support groups, there's people's families and friends that they can talk to. There's all kinds of ways that people can begin the healing process or continue the healing process because it starts to occur when we realize that there's something wrong and we want to investigate it. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you found Ashley. I'm glad that Ashley is there because uh, I got to tell you, like doing this group therapy thing, therapy in itself was challenging. For me, I was so about it because I'm immersed in my own self-awareness. So I gave my therapist as much as I could. Whenever I have a therapy appointment, I'm getting everything out of it. I'm telling them, hey, look, this is what I wrote down. I journaled about it. Here's where I'm at with it. What are we going to do next? <laughs> where are we at? Where, yeah. where are we? Where are we at? I yeah, she she's been so helpful and she told me about that one and I, I'm coming to the next one, whatever one that is. She she's gonna send me the thing. Oh good. But that was just her other one that she's in. Um, just like hearing people and like people are there that had just found out their diagnosis and they were asking for help and. I started like answering questions. They're like, "Wow, you're so helpful!" And one of the girls called me after, and we talked because she was really upset. And she was like, "I really needed that." And I'm like, "I'm that person that I needed when I found out. Like, I'm finally being that person that I so badly begged for. Like, I needed someone, and now it's like I can be that for someone. That's what I like about it. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, that's why I decided to do this." even though I hadn't really told my story to anyone, mm -hmm. but I was like, I want to be that person. I want to help someone. Yeah. Uh, question for you. So you went into seeking support groups and you found support groups. What stopped you or did it ever cross your mind to, um, like start a page or something and offer support to people and share information? Did that ever cross your mind? that you're able to find this stuff and be able to get with somebody as awesome as Ashley. She's in the Instagram live right now. She just Is she really? Yeah. <laughs> I was talking to her last time. I was like so nervous. I was like, <laughs> no, there's nothing to be nervous about. Just having a conversation. So what's next for you? You're in these support groups now. Uh, you have the trajectory for your life. Thanks to your sister. Um, yeah, what does moving forward look like? What does healing look like as you continue on your journey? It looks like being me again, I guess. Um, because like I said, I hadn't been me for so long. I let this cloud, this dark cloud, like, rain over me, and I let it, I let it define who I was. I let myself be so upset and so depressed that I, I forgotten who I really was. Do you want to be you again, though? I'm sorry? Do you want to be you again, though? I want to be... I want to be... I'm going to pause you I, right there. I, you, about to, you about to say a buzzword or a buzz statement. Don't say a buzz statement. Say what you feel. No. Oh. I, I, I want to I be who I am and who I was before all of this. Mm -hmm. Before I let myself become so upset and so down because I was the most positive person in the world. I was always that person to be there for everyone. I was always so like peppy and cheery and I let this thing dictate how I 
felt. I let it dictate how I was acting, and I lost a lot of friends because of it, like a lot of friends because I wasn't myself anymore. Mm. I didn't need them anyways. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I wanna, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I'm finally like, oh, I'm, I'm glad that I'm finally like there. I would challenge you to not strive for being who you were because the parallel there is when this guy became who he was in the moment, you were still looking at who he was. So maybe it's not the best idea to look back and be like, I want things to be how they used to be and more so take the lessons from those experiences and look at how you want things to be now. So naive Emily, taking advantage of Emily, Emily who saw people for who they were and not who they are in the moment, Emily, there are lessons to pull from that and take into consideration for you to just hold on to and move forward with that knowledge. Yes, you are naturally and organically a positive, always happy person. But now you're that with these lessons. No one took anything from you. He gave you something. He gave you wisdom. He gave you clarity. He gave you an understanding of a need for boundaries. Yes, he also gave you herpes and a diss track. Oh, that one. Yeah, he gave you a diss track, right? But you're walking away from that situation now with so much more. Now you have support. You have this uh like a reason even to explore this evolved version of emily based on what happened in the past now it's important to be present so in the present moment next time you're with someone who they are in that moment evaluate that person and when you see things change say something when you go into relationships have these boundaries Know how you should be treated. Know how, what you deserve. Because you got that treatment. You got above and beyond treatment in the beginning of your relationship. That sets the tone. Like, hey, how consistent are you going to be throughout this? If you coming in with that kind of energy, you better maintain it for the whole ride. Yeah, I think the better way to say it is I want to be a better me. There you go. I thought that I was. I thought you were going to say a better version of myself. I think, and I was like, please don't I, say I that. Be, I want to be a better like 10 times me. well let's see what let's explore that what does that look like though because there's nothing wrong with who we are there's nothing wrong with you so why do you feel like you need to be better there's no better there's just different like there's more yeah. i use expand i don't like the word growth i don't like leveling up it's more so about going outward in terms of perception, the more experiences that you have outside of your limitations, the greater that bubble begins to expand of awareness so that you're not just aware of what's happening within you, but also around you. And I think that that's where we want to more so strive for. We want to strive for being able to be aware of what's happening now. And we can use the past as it needs to be for uh, a baseline of behavior to the present. So if something changed between one day and another day, there's an inconsistency there. So point it out rather than making any kinds of assumptions or like, oh, maybe this will go away. Maybe, you know, someone's having a bad day, blah, blah, blah. No, you can, you can ask that person because self-respect looks like, hey, I was being treated this way for a long time now. Why suddenly am I not being treated this way? I don't like it. I don't treat me this way. I'm not going to let you treat me this way. So that's not, yeah, that's not. Because when, when you say better, it implies that you're not good. You know what I mean? Yeah. If, the, if that makes sense, the way that I, the way oh, that yeah, I receive yeah. it is implying that there's something more to do. There's nothing more to do. Perhaps there's less. Like, remove some of these expectations you have on yourself. You know? I, I, I do have way too many expectations on myself. Yeah. I mean, set your boundaries, of course, and uh, decide how you're going to move forward. Set your standards for what you deserve, what you're going to pursue, and all of that. But never feel like you have to be more. 
Is there anything else you want to leave us with? Say, hey, go ahead, go ahead, uh, give us a little preview. Oh, <laughs> rap session of the podcast. Go cool. on. What you got? Go. Go ahead. I don't know. No, no, no. <laughs> All right. Well, that concludes this episode of Something Positive for Positive People. Please like, rate, review, subscribe to, and share, and donate to this podcast, this nonprofit. If you are a counselor, therapist, yoga instructor, connect with me because I want to help you and uplift you and get our community more involved with some of these things that are really healing and helpful for working our way through our diagnoses and navigating the stigma. And it's really just an excuse for us to get together more than anything. Um, I'm connecting people to community as best I can. Hopefully this pandemic shit ends soon so that we can start getting together and do more live stuff and in-person stuff. And I can really get more people involved with these social groups that I'm a part of. And if you need anything, like you don't, if you don't know what you need, feel free to reach out. You know, if you're bummed about your diagnosis, like perhaps just talking through it is helpful. I find that a lot of people who've written in their experiences, their stories have come up with things that they wanted to, or that they didn't know were there, that they were able to explore um, on a, uh, on, on just in writing it, like writing it out and seeing it brings up things. So this could just be a useful tool in itself. You don't have to send it in. Maybe you just write it and you have it. Um, if you're someone who wants to be connected to community, if you're someone who has opportunities for interviewing me on your podcast, I'm here for it. <laughs> so please don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, I can be found on Instagram, Twitter. I, I need to delete some of this shit because honestly, I want people to go to the website and the podcast so instagram i'll be active on there just because that's where a lot of people have consistently found me but as far as the other shit it's just a lot to manage right now i know people find me different ways but i feel like if people are aware of the podcast and the website then they'll be able to find me everywhere else so i'm about to cut back on some of this shit that i'm doing because it's a lot it's just me and we ain't got no money coming in like that yet but i promise as soon as we get a funding opportunity y'all gonna see video podcasts and shit i'm gonna be going to guests and i'm trying to get this van i really want to have a recording van and then just travel around uh on weekends or something so i can still work during the week travel on weekends and driving distance and be able to interview people that would be so fucking cool so if y'all work at a car dealership or something that can donate something like that hit me up all right putting that out there to the universe all right uh till next time stay sex positive